0: Way back guys this is the entertainment capital of the world
1: I'll give you three weeks to get this show up and running Johnny you're gonna be working with the number one choreographer in Red Shore City yuck that is rubbish so bad oh, he's freaking me out
0: I don't see your off.
2: I'm really having second thoughts about this <laughs>
0: I can't do this. Can I try? This girl is on fire! This girl is on fire! You're terrific! But can she act? Take that, you nasty alien monster!
1: Did I do good? Oh boy. We can is- you have no idea what you're getting into. <laughs> Whatever podunk town they crawled out of, that's where they belong. We cannot let that bully steal our hopes and dreams. Guts, faith, these are the things you need now.
0: Good evening! It is my pleasure to present to you a brand new show featuring the return of Clay Halloway. journey of a lifetime is our
3: Music icon Bono and Sing Two writer-director Garth Jennings join us today for a special episode of Behind the Screen. The sequel to Jennings' 2016 crowd-pleaser from Illumination and Universal, Sing Two features a returning voice cast including Matthew McConaughey, Reese Witherspoon, and Scarlett Johansson. Bono plays Clay Calloway, a reclusive rock star who has stopped singing. The movie, which hits theaters December 22nd, also features your song Saved My Life, a new original song from U2, written especially for the movie, as well as several U2 classics, like I Still Haven't Found What I'm Looking For. I'm Carolyn Jardina. Welcome to The Hollywood Reporter's Behind the Screen. Welcome. Congratulations on the film, on your original song, and thank you so much for
1: joining us. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: We're very happy to be here, and it's a great joy to hang out with Garth at any time. Um, And and to meet you is a great excuse uh, also. Thank you very much, Caroline.
3: Great to meet you, too. So why don't we start with how the project came together and, Bono, how you got involved?
2: No, you know, there's nothing childish uh, about these kids' films. They've always interested me, animations, and but I, I, I fell for this project because I fell under the spell of, of its creator. Um, I saw, Garth's movie in Sundance, um, Son of Rambo, and mm. it just really just just knocked me out and and I, I I think there might have been a very brief exchange about the film at some point but when I got a call from from, from Garth I was ready to take it I was a fan of his Radiohead videos and stuff like that but um, yeah I'm a fan of his so that's that's when I got the call November 2018 and uh, he Gosh, says, is it really yeah.
1: that long is it that yeah. long
2: good lord yeah
3: Sure. So, garth had you had you already started writing and um did you have the character in mind
1: yes i'd be, begun writing, but the character was very much sort of sketched out it wasn't fully fleshed out or fully written it was we had this idea for the character that he was a rock star had become a recluse um and um and that the the goal was to find a way to you know touch him enough that he would come back and re-engage with the world he'd left behind. Um, but, and then, so I was, so it was a kind of, it was an open area, sort of a, a, a sort of vessel for this character. And then when I first talked with Bono about it, you were in Beverly Hills somewhere, I think. And um, we just had this lovely, long, passionate, enthusiastic conversation about music and about what it could be and what it, the, how it can heal. And um, what it could do for a character like this, um, and it, and it was just lovely talking to you. Anyway, always ridiculously good fun. But that just just on that subject of music and what it would mean to a character like this, that was thrilling. And being able to take what Bono knows about that world and infuse that into this story,
3: I'm sure that was a personal one for you.
2: Yeah, you know, it is I mean, I, in one sense, I think. Uh, Garth thought he had a victim uh, in me you know he was going to he thought I know a rock star who might work for this role you know he's a kind of uh, badass misanthrope who fires paintball guns at kids and, and and I do all of that actually but I think, but I think probably and I do live uh, you know in a in a In a house surrounded by trees, but and I do have a fence, but it is not electrified. uh, But I think you know he. I, I think he became the victim because I am very interested in 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 singing. You know, I don't understand what I do really, and so I'm very keen to find out what it is. And and it's a subject I've you know I've talked about all my life really. And why people become singers, and you know, some sing for a living, and some sing in a certain sense to stay alive, to survive. And um, so, I, I, I it was a, it was an opportunity. He asked me very seriously about why I was a singer, and 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 why somebody might stop singing. And of course, the other reason I'm attracted to this character, very Irish of me. As well as all the messiness and the fun of playing Clay Calloway, it's uh, it's a it's about grief, really, because grief can distort a person and dry up the voice of a singer, um, or it can give voice to a singer. But it's a it's a you know, grief is a very powerful um, very powerful thing, and I s- suggested um, to Garth that that's probably why um, Clay was a recluse because he lost his muse. He lost his reason to sing and no amount of success can bribe your way out of that position. Um, um, you, you know, you you sing for a different reason at a certain point. And, um, and I think that's, that's the essence of the the mystery at the heart of this film is how do we get this singer to sing again? And, and there's all this, this sort of singing and dancing extravaganza around it. But of course, takes the Irish fella to want to talk. All this fun, all this humour, all this mischief. He wants to talk about
0: grief.
2: You know, he's kind of, even even when he's playing an animated character, we can't, we can't shut him up talking about, you know, this Irish stuff.
3: So, so talk about formulating the character. Was he always a lion? Uh, did you design him after Bono came on board and what were some of the characteristics that you kind of worked on together well, there was
1: definitely a a desire for it to be a lion first and foremost it just felt like that you know for a legendary you know epic character to walk back on stage it should be the most magnificent creature we could you know and we hadn't had one of those in the first film it was great that it was new and big and impressive and um, and then you know, even when we were, uh, Radata, who designed the costumes, you know, they'd seen you on stage. We've all seen you on stage. I was like, okay, we have to give him this sort of great outfit for the end, you know. And when he's at home, he's just in a kind of regular g- jeans and, and stuff. But on stage, he has to have something iconic. It has to feel like this guy that we've been missing is coming back. But all the way, you've always been sort of interested. What's interesting with Bonnie is very interested in the process, and you've wanted to see as it's gone along. Most people are happy to see it when it's done, but you were—it was interesting how much you wanted to know and see how the character is going to be played and how it would look and feel. And um, and I've loved sharing it with you because because you you are a new set of eyes and really understood what we were going for. You see, I'm not quite sure that Garth exists.
2: I think he might <laughs> be. A big, I think he might be a bit of a fictional character himself. And <laughs> and you know, there is this thing when, you know, creativity uh, is where, you know, adults get to be kids. And there's a part of us both, I think, that isn't grown up properly. And, um, and not just the obvious um, huh. ways, but, you know, there's I, I just I love this idea of you know this kind of play pen that he that Garth makes of every room you're in with him. It's just fun, and he jumps off. He plays all the characters himself. Yeah, I'm sure he'd do a better Clay Calloway than me, which is very <laughs> oh, wow. very annoying. But but um, <laughs> but uh, but I think that I, I I was interested in the process. You know, I often think. Is there, you know, what it's 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 a joke I made up once. What do you call a person who, when they see and um, the doves being put up the sleeves of the jacket and the rabbit being put in the hat, are still surprised when they come out at the end of the sh- of the of the act? Answer: A magician. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> ma- 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 magicians are fascinated by their own tricks. And, and I love to see how these things, you know, get up off the page. And, and I, you know, it's, and I like to think, yes, I played a role when I'm trying to impress my kids. I said, well, I kind of helped in the shape of, of Clay Calloway. I developed this kind of talk and I, you know, and I know a thing about grief. So, you know, I, <laughs> I got, I got there. But the truth is, is that, you know, I might have shaped a tiny bit of a character with a uh, uh, play with Garth, but he also shaped the song because directly out of that conversation with him, walking the reservoir at the back of Beverly Hills, well, I can't remember which reservoir, and just went round and round and round, came this song. And I played with the idea of of uh, of singing. It turns up in my work and uh it's a subject i'm familiar with but i wanted to just get it into one song and i thought god could this be it is this is this is this what play calloway affords me the chance to write that song the song that unlocks singing and and of course I, i've never met a rock and roll star who isn't a fan it's the funniest thing you know the biggest star fuckers as we know in our business our stars. And it's just, you know, we're kind of obsessed with each other. So, so singing, um, the the reason you sing and the reason you might run out or run out of your voice, the reason the lion loses his roar, it's, it's, it's an obsession of all singers. So I just used him as a chance to, to, to work it out. And, and um, yeah, and and of course, I was dropped on my head when I was a baby, uh, and I can tell you all about that as well. If you're interested, probably no. I'm so sorry. Fuck. Even playing, even playing an animated character. No, it's not right. I I do apologise, but I, you know, it's it's method. It's just the method. It's Stanislavski. That's how I got there.
1: <laughs> I remember that when you first played that song because uh, I couldn't believe you'd just done it. You were just like, oh, by the way, I've written that song. Do you remember that when you played it to me? And can you imagine, though, from my point of view, you turning up and saying, here, here's the song. And you'd done everything you talked about. And all I, could, I, was, I was quite overcome, to be honest, A, because of the act of what you'd done, but also the song itself. I could completely see the end of the movie. The last three minutes, I'm like, oh, that's, Going to carry us out of this film. That doesn't ever happen. <laughs> Nothing arrives on a plate like that. And I was very moved in that moment. I remember, I was like, oh, hold it together, Jenny. You're in front of everyone. Don't look like a fool now. <laughs> yeah, no, well, I, I,
2: I'm very happy to look like a fool for you because I, as this happens, Caroline, a lot, which is when you, when you write a song, you, you, know, you, you can't stop playing it to people. Um, so I, I play it to anyone. People, you know, the taxi man. You know, the, the people who drop off the bread and cheese. You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody gets to hear the song. Uh, but everyone knew something had happened. The band um, Edge had had these chords. He was really excited about, and he was kind of waiting for this for the right occasion. So this idea became that. And then Adam and Larry, as I say. You know, rooted it. Um, you know, earthed it, if you like. Um, and it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, uh, yeah. I, 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 can't wait to play it live. Um, I really would like to see if it, if it means as much to, you know, to, to an audience. Uh, to sing it to an audience is will be a very powerful thing because to tell an audience. That, that they, you know, they're, there's, you know, they've, they saved your life. That's the way I feel when I, when I, when I became, when I got, discovered my voice, as we actors say. Um, but it was, it was the Ramones, you know, um, punk rock band out of Queens in New York. And Joey Ramone, you know, offered me a miracle, which is, I, I learned to sing through kind of imitating him because my voice wasn't an obvious rock voice and he didn't seem to mind singing like it, you know, in a feminine way, um, uh, Joey Ramone and, and I, you know, and saved take my life. It's the reason I'm here talking with you. It's a, I don't know what would have happened to my life. Um, and <clears throat> another thing about, you know, the, the whole, this whole thing, it, it, not to go on about it too much, but I will, um, is, and singing is very, very important to uh, lots of people, even who are not singing in bands or singing in, 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 the, in the local bar. S- people sing in the car, in the bath, walking around. And music means so much to people. And I very nearly didn't get to music because I wasn't able to play as a kid. And I, you know, my mother. I don't know. If I should s- say this, but you know, they they got rid of the piano out of the house, and I was like, uh, I cried. And my mother's no room for that here. No, that's your granny's. No, there's no room. And and then I went. I don't know if I've told you this, Garth. I was, uh, forgive me, forgive me, Caroline. But I I went to this school called Saint Patrick's Cathedral Grammar School um, briefly, and. They were famous for a boys' choir, and I, my mother brought me to see the headmaster you know, to do the interview, and uh, and he was telling us about school. I'm sitting there; I was, you know, ten or eleven, and, uh, and he said, "You know, we've got a we've got a choir here. It's kind of you know quite a famous, internationally renowned boys' choir, the Saint Patrick's Boys' Choir. Um, uh, you you're not at all interested in singing, are you?" And I just, I, I felt everything just shake. I just, I could just, I didn't know what to say. I, I, I knew this is the only thing I wanted to do in my life, but i have never been able to admit it to anybody. And my mother just saw my discomfort. She went, no, not at all. He's not interested in singing at all. <laughs> but he'd like, but he'd like to go to the school. And, um, and there it just went by, you know, it's just like there it was. And I might my, uh, my mother, it's not that she wasn't you know in out of touch with her son or anything, she's just trying to help me out. She was a very practical woman. And um so there you go.
3: So how did you begin then? Well,
2: again, um not to turn you into a therapist, Caroline, but um it's quite I've learned to depend on other people. You see, I'm in a band. So I've got edge, incredible, you know, genius musician. I've got Adam. I've got Larry. Now that's an amazing thing, but it also it's really frustrating for me because I'm depending on other people. And there's a part of me that macho Irish bit that doesn't like depending on other people. And I, and I, wish that i was a better pianist i wish i was a better guitar player you know and and occasionally i'll be asking the band to play something you know would you try and play it like this and just the thing i'm hearing in my head and they'll just you know pull off the bass guitar or even they just don't it here you fucking play it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knowing i can't but so look, it's, it's, you know, and we're doing, um, I don't know if this is the moment to be talking about education through music. Is it Garth? Because we're, I don't know if we've announced that yet, but we want to make as part of the whole campaign, Caroline, we're, we, we want to make it possible for people who to, to send their stories of how, you know, music teachers saved their ass and, and, Got them singing, and we want to create bursaries for people who want to um, to learn music. And you uh, too, has in Ireland, we've got a whole thing called Music Generation. We've about fifty thousand Irish people get lessons uh, through this. Um, but in America, we're going to do something through the film. So sing! It's oh, it's it's just a it's such a, a light footed idea. This musical song and dance extravaganza but it's got all these different sides to it now so yeah
3: let's talk a little bit more about education through music so tell us a little bit about the organization and uh, I know you already released um, a music video of your song
1: including that group talking about the video I've not been that's all been more in the in the U2 camp though that's coming from that side no yes very much in harmony with the film and it's great that it's it's building on those themes that we love about you know songs saving our lives and the importance of music. But the music but no, through
2: education yeah. stuff, Don't Illumination. Everyone wants to get involved in making this accessible music um, lessons. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a big deal. It's it's in New York. It's in California. Uh, it's it's growing all over the country, and it's just a, a, an amazing organization that. Um. Sort of introduces people to music educators. And sort of, so that if I think back to myself, age 10 or 11 in St. Patrick's, um, absent of music um, and really wanting to, well, we're trying to make it easier for people. That's really the idea behind education through music.
3: Now, you also a few years ago released 60 songs that saved my life. Bono, do you want to talk a little bit about that? And how did that influence your work on this song for the movie?
2: Well, it came out of the song from the movie. I was already, it was my birthday. And I, I thought it was the right thing to do, you know, was to write about all these songs that had not just songs that I enjoyed, but or, or you know I had loved over the years but really songs I couldn't live without you know I've really felt I couldn't live without them and and now it changes that list changes um and you know like I just heard a song I don't even remember it was on my on the list yeah it was actually it was um massive attacks um keep my baby safe from harm oh yeah that's yeah that's been on my mind through uh, coronavirus and thinking about kids going out to school, you know, and school teachers and the risk they take with kids. And, and you know, these songs um, get under your skin, you know. Um, one of my favorite songs is Amazing Grace. And like that, that song just blows my mind and it's, it was written by a slave trader, you know, one of the most despicable human beings. And he, he realized uh, what he was part of and he changed his, his, his life. And then my other song that I love, which I, when I think of one, I think of the other, I don't know why is Chris Christopherson's helped me make it through the night. And that's just one of the great, that is amazing grace just in a different uh, guise. But yeah, these songs got me through a lot. David Bowie, I just, I, there's probably 10 David Bowie songs that we do. But, you know, um, that Billie Eilish song, Everything I Ever Wanted. When I heard that, that's, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. You know, it was like, it was, it was just, uh, and suddenly you can just, we just felt this, uh, you know, I felt, I felt so, I uh, felt like I'd fallen inside a song. So it can it's still happening. It's not just songs from my earlier life, you know. Um, there are newer songs that mean so much to me. And have you heard, has anyone heard Brandy Carlisle's The Joke? It's just, it, it's just a treat. If you, it's, it's really one of the greatest songs of the last 10 years. And that, that's, that song saved my life. So the, the list changes all the time, Caroline. What, what what about you, Garth? Is there a song that really saved your life?
1: Well, it's definitely like you said, it's a list that changes all the time. I remember going through a very very difficult patch, and there was a song by a Radiohead called Staircase.
0: Oh yeah, it wasn't
1: even on the album. But I think it was a separate thing. And it was just a, it just came at a time, and uh, I couldn't stop playing it. It was almost I, it, I, I almost needed it to be on all the time because when it was on, I felt sort of buoyant. I felt kind of supported. And I was very fragile at that time. And um, there are other songs that have done that through the years. And even like this year, there's a band from your neck of the woods, Font- Fontaine's D.C. Oh, no, um, Dublin. Yeah. You
2: bet. They're from Ireland. They're, they're, our, they're our mates. We love them.
1: Oh, there's, um, you know, uh, it's uh, Hero's Death, the, the title track of the album. That is like a sort of just so defiant and so positive. And uh, I is can't. Is too, too real <laughs> for you? Is too real for you? It's great. They're amazing. And that does also, even when I'm like now I'm on my own in a hotel room a lot of the time and it, you get these sort of quiet, weird moments where you're not quite anywhere. And a song like that really can take care of you.
2: Yeah. What about you, Caroline? What's, is, there, is there a song that you, you've held on to in a moment of your life and kind of got you through whatever it was you were going through?
3: I think a lot of them, and frankly, during the pandemic, I, I think since we were all isolated, listening to music, I think made things feel a little more um, more bearable. Including a lot of yours. He doesn't have to be. No, I mean that. uh, The
2: the U two group, but I'm very flattered (laughs) to be the U two group. I have a, a, a tangent, but it's a theory. And if you go to house parties, and I've been to a few, the songs that people choose, put on, you know, vinyl, whatever, it's just on the decks. They're always so revealing of what's going on in that person's life. They think it's completely tangential. Oh yeah, I'm just going to put on Radiohead Staircase. And but it's not it's 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 if you look into the song it will have clues for you. And that could be like a disco song, that could be hardcore, um, uh, you know, acdc's Highway to Hell. I can't believe um but you know, I'm I've just I've just turned 60 um and i th- i think um i think i've become an acdc fan <laughs> and um, i just I, did, I saw them on the grammys or something and they walked on and there was just something very authoritative about the way they just screamed that blues that sort of highway to hell, and people I just think it was funny, you know, highway to hell.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, give me a ch- whiskey chaser, thanks. And and then I started to go, oh my god, you know, it's this is folk music. It's a certain kind of person's folk music. It's blues for a certain kind of person, and, and it, it wasn't for me. But I started to understand the life force of rock and roll, you know, and even though you know, we, we call this, um, a music, a song, like your son saved my life in, in our band, we call it a salad, meaning it's it, a word play on ballad, And, um, and we, we would say, oh yeah, it's just a salad, man. You know, it's like salad. It's like, um, uh, you know, it's oil and vinegar dressing, no calories, but, you know, where's your, you know, where's, the, where's the fight in you. and, and, So for for us, for me to sing in U2 a song like that, I am facing off against three mates, you know? (laughs) And if I don't believe every word I'm singing, they're like, out of here. And because we're into, right now, um, we're into sort of rock and roll. Strange thing to say in the middle of this hip hop pop era, dance era. We love dance music. But there's something powerful about ACDC. I'm just... Um, sorry, what podcast is this? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I love just, it.
1: I haven't been out much. <laughs> I, this is great. Honestly, no, I, I know exactly what you mean, though. It's a Clay Calloway type of tune, if
2: you think about it. you know? if, if, if it's too high, actually. The thing about we found out with Clay Calloway is we had to turn... I still haven't found what i'm looking for which is a tenor song for you two and to make it baritone we had to go country on it so so it was, so it's authentic as a line but
0: ha? why the hell
2: it's no more wildcat than. Like,
1: <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> i remember that when we did the last song and you came to sing still I haven't found what i'm looking for it just sounded, it's the only time I've ever recorded anyone and said that actually, it sounds too good. Um, your voice, do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, unfortunately, no, I you've been a recluse for 15 yeah. years. <laughs> it was too like, yeah, I'm sorry. You've been a recluse for 15 years and not sung. You need to just rough it up a bit. Um, it's really weird to say that to someone like you who even wrote and sang the song. Do you mind like toning it down a bit? <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, I, I just went back. I was a recluse for another 15 years since. Yeah.
3: How did you pick that song for that point in the music? I thought it was, it was a great choice.
1: Oh, it was it was like the dream. Once I'd spoken to Bono about playing the part, immediately those songs were on my wish list. And I'd, I talked to you about it, Bono, about, you know, I'd love to use this. And, and again, this is where it was great to be able to share the process with you because... I could say, well, this is the song I'd like to do, but this is how I'd like to do it. Because you have to see the context for a lot of this stuff to understand why that will work. Just saying I'm going to put this song here or this song there doesn't, you know, it's not very reassuring. And also you need to understand why, because every song in the movie, even the silliest throwaway moment, is really very specific and serving a purpose, especially when you get to the end of that, that final show. Every song is doing a lot of work. Character work, you know the overall show, the overall palette, um, and certainly because the heart and soul of the show is the Clay Calloway story. It's sort of like that is the climax of the whole thing. You really have to feel it, and you and it has to be a song that can bring the entire audience there, like ten thousand creatures, to 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 sing along to sing him back. And um, I just couldn't imagine any other song the better than that. It was just perfect.
2: Science fiction country. He wanted a kind of science fiction country song. Science fiction country gospel kind of song. And I, I said, look, Garth, you can have anything from the U2 catalog except anything from the 80s. So he chose <laughs> Where Are the Streets of No Name? And I still have a family I'm looking for, both on the Joshua Tree album, 1987. Thanks very much for that. And, um, <laughs> but I have to, as a singer, tell you, what um thing it was to hear Scarlett sing these songs. Yeah, and Scarlett Johnson can really sing, and to take on something as tender as uh, "Stuck in a Moment You Can't Get Out" of, that was that was the real moment. And and you know the band, the YouTube band, they're all you know big fans of Scarlett and hung out and whatever, they think she's amazing. But you know she's going to sing one of our songs. There's a bit of that, you know. And all, all, all of them have been really taken with that performance. She did it with, without any irony. Just, was just she's a, she's she's a bit of a magician herself.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: Well, I'm afraid we're out of time. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're going to end with your song "Saved My Life."
1: Thank you. Bless you both.
0: It's a Monday morning. About a quarter past 4. You were busy dreaming. So what did you wake up for? Don't you hear me when I tell you, darling? I sing it to survive. You're looking for a miracle, a kind that's sign. So